0: And I ask you please to lift up our Bishop and First Lady as he had went down to give out of himself. Pray that God would pour back into him. But I'm so grateful that he knows that while he's away and he'll be back on Tuesday with us, but he has the saints that's here that's praying for him. But I do honor him and our First Lady to Elder Short, Elder Wade, ministers, deacons, deaconess, to my daughter Trofina, and my son Minister Robert Jr., I thank God for my children. To my husband, Elder Elect Martin, who is the priest of our home, I thank God for him. And to the first-time guests, visitors, and to you, my Shiloh family. I count it a privilege and an honor to stand before you behind this sacred desk to declare the word of the Lord on this day, Pentecost Sunday. But before we go into to the word, let me invite you to bow your heads and pray with me. Holy, 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 the Lord thy God almighty. The one that is, the one that was, and the one that's still yet to come. I am privileged to stand before you, to declare your word. We ask that you speak, Holy Spirit, for your servants are listening. I pray that your word will cause yokes to be broken and curses destroyed. Let the wind blow as it is your very breath. I thank you, Father, that your power is real and it's moving like a mighty force and it has no boundaries and no limitations. Quicken our spirits to have a deeper relationship with you. Holy Ghost, we give you the right of way. Ah, take total control of this yielding vessel that I may boldly declare your word in the name of jesus who is the christ and all those that agree say amen Amen. if you would revisit your bibles with the passage that was already read in your hearing that is generally heard only once a year on pentecost sunday And it's found in my favorite book of the Bible, the uh, Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And those of you who are physically able, please stand with us as we together reverence the reading of God's holy word. And from the New Living Translation of the Bible, God's word is as follows. as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Before you take your seat, can you look at the person on the right of you and tell them my subject? When the Holy Spirit entered the room. Oh, come on now and look at on the person on the right of you and repeat my subject. When the Holy Spirit entered the room. Ah, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Those of us who yearn for the manifestation of God's presence and power come to church on Sunday with the expectation of an unusual worship. Whether it's on Pentecost Sunday or any Sunday of the month, I don't believe that I'm alone when I say that I desire to be endowed with the power from on high. Oh, I don't believe that I'm by myself when I say, I desire to experience God, the God who performs miracles. I yearn to experience the God that the Bible speaks about who opened up blind eyes. I yearn to experience the God who make the lame to walk. Oh, let me know if I'm alone in this because I'll make my exit. But when I come to church, I want to experience the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I want to experience him without limitations. And as we read about an experience in Acts chapter two, we are reminded of the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is a significant day It is the Christian dome, in the Christian dome. It's important to note that Pentecost is the 50th day following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the day that links the church to Christ. We see in our text uh, the author of the book of Acts, Luke, set the scene for Pentecost and pens a brief introduction of an event that is not initiated by the apostles and other believers but is the sovereign activity of almighty god that took place in a room the bible does not record what room the apostles and the other believers were in but clearly states that they were meeting together in one place However, according to some theologians, scholars, and tradition, the day of Pentecost, receiving of the Holy Spirit, is in the Upper Room. Then move outside, somewhere near, but specific, not, no specifics of whereabouts is mentioned. But during my studies, I came across much debate on the subject a placement of the apostles and other believers on the day of Pentecost. And after my studies, I came to the conclusion whether they were in the upper room, the lower room, the front room, or the back room, the fact remains that the promise of the Holy Spirit came into fruition because God, the Holy Spirit, showed up. Oh, it's possible that the room that they were in could have been the upper room. And if that is the case, then the disciples had been in that room many times. They experienced good times and some bad times, disappointments and discouragement. It was in that room with which they were all too familiar with. Ah, if it, it would have been the room ah, where the humanity of each apostle was verbally, ah, was vibrantly portrayed, giving us a glimpse into our hearts and nature as well as into the unrelenting love of our Savior Jesus Christ. This is the same room where Jesus sat at the table and shared the meal with his disciples, known as the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, or the Holy Communion, where Jesus, the Son of God, instituted this Christian rite. But I can only imagine how the event unfolded. Jesus looked upon the disciples while he held the bread in his hand, and then he broke it and said, this is my body. That is broken for you. And then he uh, poured the wine and said, This is my blood that's shed for you. Yeah. Mm. Through the Holy Communion, as Christians, we remember both Christ's sacrifice and his suffering on the cross. The first Sunday of each month, we collectively take communion. Uh, It was in the same room Jesus predicted that one of his very own uh, disciples would betray him. And on that evening, Jesus' prophetic words filled the room uh, when he prophesied that one of you that's sitting in this room will betray me. And after he had spoken those words, he looked Judas in the eye and said, whatever you do, do it quickly, indicating that Judas is the one who would betray him. In that very room, uh, Jesus foretold Peter's denial. As much as Peter desired to follow Jesus and lamented that he would lay down his life for his sake, Jesus said, no you won't, Peter. Some of you know some folks uh, who will be loyal to you when you're on the mountaintop. But soon as things take a bad turn and it looks like you're in the valley, the friends you were once loyal to and were loyal to you will desert you. Mm -hmm. So Peter was the one who said, Lord, I would lay down my life for you. And Jesus said to Peter, Peter, I tell you, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. It wasn't enough that Peter denied Jesus, but another disciple doubted Jesus' resurrection. When the disciples told Thomas that we have seen the Lord who was crucified. He is no longer dead, but alive. Thomas's response was, unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails, I will not believe. Uh, you know, Thomas reminds me of certain people You know, the ones that you make the mistake of sharing a word that God has spoken to you or a vision that God has shown you. And rather than being excited with you, their response is an outright doubt. And you made the mistake of hanging around long enough to rub off on you. And before you knew it, the very word that God has spoken to you, you're doubting. Oh, you were once certain of that word, but now you're doubting. The word that Jesus spoke to Thomas, that on the third day, I will rise again, Thomas doubted. Oh, it was the same room where Jesus came through the shut doors and stood in the midst of Thomas. And that wasn't enough evidence for Thomas. Seeing Jesus was not enough to satisfy Thomas's doubt. He wanted to be certain that it was not a ghost, but flesh and blood that stood in his presence. So I imagine that Jesus walked directly over to Thomas and he said, reach out your hand and put it into my side. And I like to believe that Thomas reached out his hand and put it into Jesus' side. And when he realized that it was not a ghost, he said, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, it's really you. It's really, really, really you. You know, one may say, how can Jesus' disciples the ones who walked and talked with him deny and doubt him well it seems to me that some of us in this room are experiencing some form of denial and doubt you know I'm not wanting to gossip so you didn't hear that from me but not towards God the Father and God the Son, but towards God the Holy Spirit. There are some believers who proclaim to be disciples of Jesus Christ who are just like Thomas and Peter. They doubt and deny the Holy Spirit. In this sanctuary, this room, if you will, uh, this sacred place, uh, there are people who believe in God the Holy Spirit those who deny his presence of the Holy Spirit Sunday after Sunday but the same Holy Spirit who entered the room on the day of Pentecost as recorded in Acts chapter 2 of our text this morning you know prior to the Holy Spirit entering the room the Bible says that the believers were meeting together in one place they were sitting and waiting for the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that we can glean from this passage is when the Holy Spirit entered the room, he entered suddenly. One word can make all the difference. Uh, verse 2 of our text declares, Suddenly, there was a sound uh, from heaven like a rushing mighty wind this violent wind was the manifestation of the holy spirit Uh, He came suddenly. Uh, We should take comfort in knowing that at any given moment, our circumstances that can look as if everything is falling apart uh, and it looks like everything is going haywire, it looks like the enemy is at our feet and it looks like he got us against the wall backed into a corner. And defeat is lingering over our head. But let me remind you that we serve a suddenly God. That God can and God will suddenly intervene in your situation and turn it upside down. Oh, yes, he will. Most of us in this room can testify to having suddenly experiences where we may have been in a car driving down the road and another car came out of nowhere and just missed hitting us but god suddenly showed up some of you have been in a situation where you worked on a job where the position was being redlined and when you went work to pack up your things but suddenly uh, God showed up Uh, some of you had an experience uh, where you should have received a shut-off notice Uh, but when you called the electric company uh, suddenly 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 uh, your situation changed and you was not in the dark because God suddenly showed up. We serve a suddenly God. God can intervene at any moment he chooses. Our world can look one way, and at a moment it can be completely turned around just because God showed up in his power. Oh, come on, somebody say, not by might, nor by power. And somebody else say, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Bible says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. This wasn't an actual wind. It was a supernatural sound. It was not a sound of a gentle breeze, but the sound of a violent wind. One of the ways our Heavenly Father has communicated with his sons and daughters is through sound. The ear canal can provide sensory experiences that reveals the heart and mind of God. We see this in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, the 19th chapter, where Moses entered and encountered God's voice in the midst of thundering and lightning. And the Bible says, on the third day in the morning, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely covered in smoke because the Lord has descended upon it in fire and the smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain shook violently, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. This was the similar situation that took place on the day of Pentecost, when the disciples and the other believers encountered God, the Holy Spirit, through a force of a fierce unexpected sound. The author, Luke, as he recounts the story, says, suddenly, A sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven. He did not rise gradually as common winds do, but he was at the height immediately, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. The prophetic encounter had an auditory dimension. But I pondered, the thought, God revealing his purpose through sound. Could it be that God created the ear to be a compelling avenue of revelation? Just could it be? But through a fierce, unexpected sound, the author Luke, as he recounts the story says, suddenly, suddenly, Everything changed. But the second thing I noticed, when the Holy Spirit entered the room, he entered with fire. We are told in verse 3, after the Holy Spirit suddenly entered the room, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. This was not a natural fire. It was the manifestation of the glory of God. They saw something that looked like a mass of flames that appeared over the whole group. Then it broke in a single tongue that looked like a flame or fire that settled on each of them the symbolism suggests that they were not only empowered as a group but as individuals as well that means that everyone in the room was there for one purpose they were waiting for the holy spirit the advocate the teacher the counselor but one thing we know about fire is this you can take one flame and start a forest fire i said you can take one flame and start a forest fire with it and if we know this to be true where are the fire starters where are the fire starters let me see you wave your hand where are the followers of christ where are the followers of christ that don't wait to get the church to start a fire where are the fire starters let me see you wave your hand where are you You are the ones uh, that don't wait to get the church uh, to start a fire. You could be home uh, in your kitchen uh, cooking dinner and turn on the stove uh, and get a glimpse of fire as it relates to the Holy Spirit. uh, And you start praising God uh, with a frying pan in your hand. Where you at? Where you at? uh, will start a fire no matter where they at but Jeremiah says it like this it's just like fire shut up in my bones fire spreads and we all stepped into the room with our flame already lit And before we know it, it will spread, and we will all praise God, uh, each in our own way, but yet on one accord. Oh, come on, somebody, and say, not by might, nor by power. And somebody else say, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Oh, come on and say it again. uh, Not by might. No by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. See, fire is common evidence of God's presence. In the Old Testament, God met with Moses at the burning bush. He led Israel with a pillar of fire. Elijah went to heaven with a chariot of fire. There were manifestations of the fire at Mount Sinai, whom the law was given. Listen to the description of what it was when the law was given at Mount Sinai in Exodus, the 19th chapter. Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke, because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it. The smoke went up like a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered. At Sinai, God was signifying that something very important was going to take place on the day of Pentecost. The signs of fire and wind were doing the same thing. It was signifying that something very important was going to take place because the Holy Spirit entered the room. The last thing that I glean from the Holy Spirit when he entered the room as verse four states all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them this ability although one could say that the day of Pentecost could never be duplicated or fully grasped the same flood of the Holy Spirit that filled the room uh, where the apostles and other believers were sitting suddenly showed up uh, many years ago uh, in my prayer room uh, for a brief moment. Uh, I relived the day of Pentecost. Uh, I can remember uh, on that evening uh, feeling compelled to pray uh, I entered into my prayer room uh, and I kneeled down uh, and I opened my hands uh, in a cup position uh, and began to worship the Lord. And I kept on thinking uh, back on the entire week uh, as I asked the Lord uh, to baptize me. with the Holy Spirit, uh, with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. uh, I wanted it more than anything. uh, I wanted it more than anything. uh, Oh, then suddenly it happened. uh, An awesome presence came over me. uh, It came over me. uh, I could feel it all over my body. I can feel it all over me. uh, And I began to speak uh, in an unknown language. uh, The Holy Spirit uh, Took over my tongue, uh, and I started it. under the I didn't understand uh, the words that flooded out of my mouth. uh, But every part of my being uh, knew that the Lord knew uh, exactly what I was saying. uh, And although one may say uh, this historical event, uh, the day of Pentecost, uh, could never be duplicated. Uh, Today, as it was done in the past, uh, I felt as if uh, I was right there when the loud sound... uh, that heard on the day of Pentecost. uh, I felt I was right there when the Russian Madawina came into my prayer room uh, and I started uh, feeling like tongues uh, and flames of fire that I could not stop, uh, I could not stop uh, declaring the goodness uh, in the works of the Lord uh, in whatever unknown language, uh, because I was filled with the holy spirit and all of him but i came to tell somebody just like on the day of pentecost you can be filled with the holy spirit if you so desire to be filled with the holy spirit is, is to be filled with his presence in his power for you shall receive power After the Holy Ghost has come upon you uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit uh, is to have an Acts 5 experience uh, where Peter was so filled with the Holy Spirit uh, that they brought the sick uh, and those who were tormented. uh, by unclean spirits uh, out into the streets uh, and they laid them on beds uh, that Peter's shadow the uh, least fallen on them uh, and they were all healed. Uh, if my prayer, it is my prayer that if you uh, will be filled uh, with the holy spirit uh, that signs and wonders uh, will follow you. Uh, it is my prayer that signs, uh, wonders, uh, miracles, uh, healing uh, breakthroughs uh, it, uh, will follow you uh, ephesians 5 and 18 uh, encourages us uh, not to be drunk uh, with wine uh, because that will ruin our life uh, but to be, filled, uh, to be filled to be filled uh, to be filled to be filled with the holy spirit uh, do you desire it uh, do you desire it uh, ye will be filled with the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit with his presence and with his power and if you desire it oh just lift up your hands just lift up your hands and say Lord fill me with your Holy Spirit oh come on and say Lord fill me with your Holy Spirit we want to be filled with your spirit we want to be filled with your presence we want to be filled with your power we want to be filled with your anointing we don't want to have a godly form and deny the power thereof but we want your power we want your power the power to heal the power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, oh, stand to your feet and give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, oh God. Thank you for your spirit thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost thank you for his presence thank you for his power amen oh bless the name of the lord hallelujah hallelujah oh every head pound and every eye close hallelujah